Warning. The following contains massive spoilers for the designated series. Listener discretion is advised. You're listening to the Television Archive. The show where we, the television-loving hordes of the internet, take a deep dive into what used to be in our beloved medium. My name is Thomas Michael Clark, and this is Fringe. Today we will be discussing Season 2, Episode 4, titled Momentum Deferred. An incredible incredible episode that has oh so much going on. It's just filled to the brim with so many insanely good plot points. I mean, Jesus, what doesn't happen in this episode? And really, this I kind of think is the true launching point for season two. This I feel is the moment where Season 2 really takes off. This is where it becomes... uh, This is where it goes from good to great. Because, I'll be honest, the first time I watched this show, as much as I love it now and as much as it's one of my favorite shows of all time now, the first time I watched this series, I did not like the first few episodes of Season 2. I did not enjoy those first three episodes of the season at all. I was... I just didn't get it. Like, I I just, I couldn't really grasp what was going on. Uh, It didn't really work for me. It wasn't quite like the fringe I had come to know over the first 20 episodes. I was especially annoyed that the holy grail that was Olivia's meeting with William Bell got tossed to the side in favor of whatever the hell this shapeshifter stuff was. Like, I just... It rubbed me the wrong way. And then this episode happened. I watched it and everything sort of fell into place. Like all the puzzle pieces started fitting together and I started to... I I actually started to get it. I started to understand, okay, this is what we were doing. This is what's going on. This is where things are going. This is our conflict. This is the direction it's headed. This is why we put this to the side. And this is uh, what they were trying to do by delaying the William Bell thing. And this is what was going on with the shapeshifters. And, like, just everything meshed in a way that it really didn't for me on my first watch through. And now I go back and I watch those few episodes uh, that started off season two knowing where they were going, and now I love it every bit as much as I do the rest of the series, because this series is a goddamn masterpiece. Uh, okay, shut up, Siri. I I wasn't talking to you. I was talking about a series. Series is not the same as Siri. Shut up. (laughs) Uh, but yeah, this really was the episode that just kind of got me, like, back on board. Like, okay, I'm into this. I like what season two's given me. More of that. So, we get this opening of that cryonics facility getting raided. And one of the people perpetrating this robbery, one of them gets away with the truck with all the heads in it. And one of them stays behind and gets shot a bunch and, like, gets shot a bunch of times. Uh, 
before dropping dead. And starts bleeding silver. And apparently, the robbery that we saw was one of several that had taken place all around the country. Like, cryonics facilities were getting hit left and right, and frozen heads were being stolen all over the place. And then, the silver blood is what got Fringe Division's attention. The silver blood is what got the attention of... uh, Olivia and Peter and Walter and what got them on the scene. And we find out that this silver blood is mercury. Also, new sentence, this guy has right next to him a shape-changing device very similar to the one that was used by the shapeshifter who targeted Olivia and we believed was dead, even though he was replaced. Uh, he was replacing Charlie Francis and worming his way into into fringe division that way. And Walter, at this point, after examining the body of this shapeshifter, is able to figure out. Wait a minute. This contains a crap ton of mercury, like forty-seven percent mercury. I think it was the sample we took from the other body. What we thought was the shapeshifter at the time had almost none. Which means that wasn't the shapeshifter. The shapeshifter's still alive and could be still targeting Olivia. Oh, also, we find out that, like, these shapeshifters are essentially not human. They're a designed, like, bioengineer hybrid thing, like, just some monstrosity tech that, uh, that they made on the other side to infiltrate this one, the primary universe. Now, this brings us to Charlie Francis, or rather the shapeshifter formerly known as Charlie Francis. (laughs) Absolutely gonna write that character in as the shapeshifter formerly known as Charlie Francis in his, like, R.I.P., thing for this episode, because he does die this episode. More on that later. Uh, Apparently, he's been in the body too long. Apparently, some of these shapeshifters, they need to be, like, constantly shifting, constantly going from body to 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 body in order to survive, and he's, like, slowly dying. Kirk Ace Veto by the man. By the man? What? Kirk Ace Veto, by the way. Man, does he do a great job of, like, selling this utter agony. Uh, He plays it very similarly to how he played uh, the real Charlie Francis, getting infected with all those uh, larvae from that monster back in uh, Unleashed, back in 116. Plays it very similarly, but much more aggressively, because Charlie Francis was actually a good dude, and this guy is... Not. This guy is an inhuman monster. Quite literally an inhuman monster. Uh, And I love the moment where he just gets all these mercury thermometers and uh, breaks them open, dumps the mercury into a slushy cup and just drinks the whole thing. Like, it's... Oh, it's great. Like, watching the downfall of that shapeshifter is so well done. 
Uh, but we bring the machine to Massive Dynamic. The shape-shifting machine to Massive Dynamic. Uh, they've been analyzing the broken one. And sort of figuring out how it works. We know it saves images of the people that the shapeshifter transformed into. We know it sends data. And we know a little bit about how it works. We know it's tuned to each individual user. So... We kind of use the fully intact one, the not broken one, to sort of fill in the blanks on the broken one. Using the one that works to kind of figure out how the one that doesn't work can work again. Figure out how to repair the one that doesn't work. We bring this down to the best character, Brandon. Brandon Fayette. I love this guy. He'll show up a lot in this series, and he's always freaking awesome. He's always really freaking cool. Uh, but he's always really fun to watch. Uh, but he's repairing this and trying to get that last image of who the shapeshifter is now. Uh, he patches Olivia into the server so she can see this reconstruction in real time. And so, that's just running in the background. On another front, Walter has the idea to take the woman from that video we watched a while back, Rebecca, who they subjected to all of these psychedelics and uh, had her see these shapeshifters and had her see this other side and had her see all of this. Uh, the woman who initially brought us on to shapeshifters. And... Just recreate that experiment. Same woman. Uh, do the same stuff. Go to her and ask her about all of this. And uh, we visit her and we find out... Uh, she and Walter have a history beyond experimentation. They experimented. And then they experimented. If you know what I mean. And a little bit of a... They have a little bit of a thing. So, we see throughout the episode Walter reconnecting with this woman. And we see the relationship they have. And them sort of walking down memory lane. And it's really wonderful. Uh, they do it very, very well. And it's so... It's such a spectacular addition to the episode. Uh, and apparently this woman, even after the experiments have this ability to see things that don't belong. Basically, people who are from the other side. They had this, like, glimmer to them. So, and this has kind of faded over time. So, in order to bring back the ability, in order to have her see what she has since not been able to see... They do the experiment again. Like I said, they bring her back and they do the experiment. They start it off. They pump her with all those psychedelics. And then Peter rings a bell. And Olivia collapses to the ground. As she remembers her conversation with William Bell. 
And so we finally get to see what happened. We finally get to see what happened on the other side between seasons one and two. Uh, we finally get to see what they talked about. And we finally get to see Leonard Nimoy play William Bell for more than five seconds. And he's every bit as great as you'd expect Leonard Nimoy to be. He's awesome. He's awesome in the role of William Bell. I love him as that character. I think it's uh, probably his most underrated role, quite honestly. Uh, but anyway, they talk. William Bell tries to be friendly, tries to stoke some form of childhood instinct because apparently like uh she had like a cute nickname for him when she was a kid in the cortex fan trials willem uh and olivia's just not having it she's like um no you experimented me on me as a child and experimented on a lot of a lot of other people as children i've met some of the others they're screwed up now to say the least you ruined us also, your company is responsible for, or directly involved in, in some way, some of the most horrific things I've ever seen. I don't trust you. And William Bell's like, okay, listen, you don't have to trust me, you don't even have to like me, but there's something really bad happening right now. Something, it, it, people from this side are starting to go over... To your universe. I'd say our, but they'd sound disingenuous because I defected to the other side. These hybrid shapeshifters that have already infiltrated your world. And if they find their leader, that leader will open a door and there'll be no stopping them. A storm is coming. A war between the two universes is happening. And when it's over, I'm afraid that there'll be little left of our world. I'm afraid there will be little left of our universe. So you need to stop these shapeshifters. You need to find this leader of theirs. Look for this symbol. It's on the head of their leader. Find him and stop these shapeshifters. Prevent the coming storm. Do that. This is the entire universe. Our entire universe is at stake. And then William Bell is like, okay, we're out of time. Here's the thing. Uh, I kind of pulled you out of a moving car, so... Yeah, this is gonna hurt. There's really no way to stop that. Sorry. Bye? And then, we know what happened next. It is at this point that Olivia wakes up and is like, Okay, I know what to do. Uh... She shows the symbol to Nina Sharp. And just as she's remembering the name of the cryonics facility that the head is actually at, a text comes from Charlie Francis. 
who now, by the way, knows that uh, that thing is going, that that uh, little uh, rendering thing is going. She gets a text from him saying, Nina is the shapeshifter, get out now. And Olivia, having not trusted Nina all that much to begin with, is like, uh, okay, bye, bye. And then she goes out, meets Charlie Francis, and it's like, oh, thank God, I almost told her everything. Uh, we need to go to this cryonics facility. And then she sees on her phone the rendering come through, and it is, in fact, Charlie Francis. Which leads to this incredible fight between the shapeshifter formerly known as Charlie Francis and Olivia. A a very powerful moment, because remember, this is someone who looks like her friend, like her partner, and... uh, She also very much uh, knows enough about shapeshifters to kind of guess what happened to the real Charlie. Like, it's this very visceral fight that really gets under your skin. Uh, it is very... It is very un... uncinematic. They very much make this feel guttural. They may- very much make this feel like a scummy brawl. Like, they very much make it feel like you feel dirty watching Charlie Francis strangle Olivia. And they sort of helm it with this... With this grit. It's kind of hard to describe. They helm it with this sense of... Despair. And it's nowhere near as... Clean. As other altercations in this series. It's nowhere near as straightforward. Uh, And it's handled in nowhere near a... As slick of a way, uh, it's handled in a much it, it it's handled much more grimy, and it's handled in a way that's just much more terrifying and, like I said, much more visceral. And this fight ends with Olivia shooting Charlie a lot, including in the head. So this shapeshifter is fully dead, but not before he calls his shapeshifter buddies and is like, "Hey, it's this cryonics facility." So, Charlie, both Charlies, super dead. Olivia killed the shapeshifter Charlie. And now she has to live with that. And I love the moment where she's talking to Broyles and is just completely beside herself of like, this is what's happened. This is what it's come to. And is just mad that like, It was all for nothing. Like, they got the head. The leaders being repaired at that moment. Like, that last scene is the head getting reattached to the body. And she's like, William Bell pulled me into another universe to warn me. That's how serious this is. And I failed. Like, it's a great moment. It's a really, really fantastic moment. Also, uh, Walter says goodbye to uh, Rebecca. And just before she gets in the car with him, she looks at Peter very strangely and is like, uh, it's, it's nothing, probably the drugs, when Peter starts to ask her why she's looking at him that way. We don't know what, 
what she's uh, she's thinking. And then, like, they have this, like, nice, tender, like, wonderful goodbye uh, between the two of them. Walter apologizes for experimenting on her, says it was wrong, and she's like, no, uh, I, I love that you did this. You made me special. Like, it just, it, it's this nice, beautiful little moment that I really, really love. Uh, but yeah, like I said, heads attached to the body. Shapeshifter leader is all good. Shapeshifter leader is back, has risen, and whatever's happening next is going to happen. So this conflict is only just beginning. Get ready for some really, really great stuff. Oh my god, this this shapeshifter storyline, this brewing war with the alternate universe, it, it goes to some great places. I'm just going to say that. It goes to some really, really great places. And I cannot stress enough how much I love this storyline. This is... This is a big turning point in the show. Let's just uh, let's just say that. If you like this, favorite podcast, Anchor.fm slash TV Archives, so that you can be here every single Monday through Friday as I go through every single episode of this and other shows. And you can find it on pretty much whatever podcast or app you prefer. Feel free to call in as well. It's simple as just a push of a button on the Anchor app. I'll play those on the show from time to time if you feel so inclined to send those in. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram, TomTom4468. And support the show. Patreon.com slash Thomas Clark. Pledge just a dollar a month. I appreciate everything I get through there. If you become a patron, you can also get access to the Television Archive Supplemental, which I'll be putting up there once every month. Or, if that doesn't work for you, you can also support the show directly via Anchor. I appreciate that as well. Tomorrow we will be discussing Season 2, Episode 5. Talk to you then.